Welcome back to the Catching Up Podcast. This is episode 44. I'm your host, as always. My name is Connor Kaysen. I run a company here in Seattle called Find Me Media. My job is to tell you stories and help local businesses get found on the internet. My co-host of the show, his name is Nick Hughes. Nick Hughes is the founder of a company called Founders Live. He's currently traveling across the country uh, to promote his company and to learn more about entrepreneurship around the United States. This week's episode, uh, Nick is on his way to Denver, Colorado after spending the last month in Denver. We talk more about things going on in the world, uh, specifically Jeopardy and the crazy run that the current contestant James is on. We also talk a little bit about uh, Game of Thrones and the craziness that's happening there and how Nick is trying to stay in touch with modern media as he is traveling on the road. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please let us know what you think. Shoot us a tweet, Facebook message, Instagram message. Leave us a message here on Anchor. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Enjoy. Hey, Nick. Happy Friday. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I am wonderful. Where are you calling from this week? I uh, Man, I am sitting in like kind of like mid, I would say kind of central Colorado. And I'm sitting here and man, it's got to be 75, 80 degree weather, sunny, clear skies, looking at some mountain range. And um, pretty much on my way tomorrow morning, we'll enter Denver for the next city that I'm on my tour. Awesome. I mean, yeah, when, when I think about Colorado, all I really know is like Denver and uh what's that college town that's there yeah there's like two cities and then there's this giant state and i really like don't know what else is out there um at all and so you just left texas and so how did i know we haven't spoken in the last we didn't speak last week but your your texas month go yeah it went really well it went really well it was um so I'm, you know, as you've probably seen, I, every month I kind of do a recap. And so I'm, I'm in that process of uh, writing this recap. And um, so I'm kind of going through the month and I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have a new appreciation for, for Texas now. And it was a great time. Um, Texas is interesting and also cool in ways that we don't, in, especially in the Pacific Northwest, we don't know. We don't, we're not aware of uh, yet um, just a really, it was just, it's great. It's cool. It's a, it's a more uh, diverse state than you think. Um, it was like being in Dallas, like actually I was, I stayed pretty much the whole month. I stayed in a, a neighborhood called Bishop arts and it's about, about 10 minutes South of downtown. And it's this little pocket of the city that it actually feels a little bit, like Fremont and um, it's definitely diverse, more diverse than Fremont in Seattle. Uh, really cool. A lot of kind of hips, some hipster places and some cool bars and restaurants. And uh, dude, I, I kind of like got established in the little neighborhood. I had my running route. I had the coffee shops and bars that I went to and um, felt a little sad when I had to leave. So, you know, that, that's a good sign that I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And, and so what about the different companies that you've been networking with? Have you seen any differences or over the last four months that you're traveling, are you seeing like a lot of consistency with different business and business people that you're interacting with? Well, I mean, the consistency is, you know, I think what I'm learning is the root of entrepreneurship is a human desire. And I've set out on this journey around the world to, to really get to know entrepreneurs and people that are doing great things around the world, no matter 
uh, whether in North America or, or different continents. But um, the similarities are, dude, everyone, everyone sees a way that things could be better and they're pursuing that vision and a, a strategy of how to build a company around it, which I totally I love, man. That makes me tick. Like people finding problems and making solutions. And I'll just give another shout out. I get, I know I think I did this before, but the company's called Monarch and they're creating that like uh, autonomous, the robot quarterback. And I was able to, I spent some time. I hung out with those guys. It's a team of um, a small team of, um, you know, kind of mid twenties. They're, they're a couple of years out of college and mid, mid to late twenties. And um, just, and I, I love their, you know, I, I think as a sports fan, I clearly have a, a unique or at least an aspect that's intrigued because I'm a sports fan. But we started talking, uh, especially over happy hour, which was great because, you know, I had some time over some beers and just really started talking about where their vision is and how they see the way that I mean, this is a machine. This is a robot that throws precise uh, accurate passes to players and you know people that are running routes and it can actually track via um, it's it's calculating the movement of the player that's running the route and it can throw exactly on a dime accurate or you can calculate that it's in at any accurate just like a quarterback would be mm-hmm. right in the game it's going to throw high or it's going to throw low but if you start thinking about what co- it's like when we were talking I was like oh this is like the way Google analytics created this entire data set around all the intelligence of the way that your website and application is being used that makes business intelligence uh, a lot more predominant in your company. That's what they're doing with this thing that imagine the data that they're collecting on like the speed velocity of the ball, the uh, wind and the weather, and then the patterns that these players are running the like everything, every single throw that's being thrown the data can be pulled in and now you can start using that in real time during games. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So it's like in real games. All I never really thought about mil- that. Dude, billions of data points then influences what actually, like what could happen in a game because even in practice, you're still in a live experience. You're still throwing a ball that's traveling in the air. And um, so I think th- we just started going down that route. And I was like, okay, you know, I can see this. So, so like Monarch is interesting. And then, I met with another individual. He's actually creating, uh, essentially he's calling it hydro fins. And if you think about a pontoon boat, pontoon boats are the most popular boats right now, but they're like slow and they like don't perform very okay. well, but they're popular. They're popular because people, it, it like, I don't know if you've been on a pontoon boat, but they're badass because so many people fit on that. It's not like a V shape where it's tight and small. Yeah. It's, it's actually like, flat. it's like a flat. Yeah. And yet they only go so fast and they're very gas inefficient. And he's created these fins that attach to the bottom of the pontoons that basically pull it and raise it above the water. So if you think about a, like when a, when a boat is planing or when it actually, when boats go fast, it's because they're planing above at least somewhat above the water. And so he's created this, this add on that actually makes the pontoon boat plane or at least get higher in the water so that you get better fuel efficiency you can go like 30 to 40 percent faster and it's like it just it makes the experience even better and so we chatted and um you know he just wanted my perspective and i can kind of point him in certain directions but um it was just cool like you know he reached out and was like hey let's grab let's grab a um let's grab lunch and and you know talk and stuff and so um again found a problem 
create a solution, now take it into market. And um, so it was like, it was fun to every city. It's like people will reach out and they're like, hey, let's grab a, a coffee or a lunch and let's talk about what I'm working on. And so that's been fun. Yeah, man. It's awesome just to like see and, and experience that inspiration that the creativity and drive for people to solve problems and create companies is really happening everywhere. And it's just really like the context of their life, right? A lot of people are seeing, not a lot of people, but these people who you're interacting with are encountering these these problems and they're trying to find ways to solve solve them. And that happens in every city mm-hmm. across the country. Um, and it's not really like a oh, yeah. regional specific thing, which has just got to be encouraging to see like how many uh, unique people are here in America trying to uh, become entrepreneurial and start new things. Well, it keeps me going, man. I mean, I think it's, you know, people say that, oh, you know, you or Pounders Live is an inspiration. And I just turn it around and say, no, like being, you know, every days and weeks meeting new people that are building cool stuff is an inspiration for me. And it keeps me going, you know, to see the light in their eyes. And, you know, everyone has their own unique angle on, I like, you know, I don't know, you've interacted, you've probably come across founders where you're like, uh, I don't get why you're building that, but apparently you think it's an important problem. Yes. So, you know, but you know, look, they're, they're passionate about it. And who are we to say that their idea sucks? That's what, that's what I have a big problem with like investors or people that like crush other people's ideas. It's like, dude, do you really, do you really know that this is a bad idea because you're one person and you have one, you know, you have one unique view that you may or may not be an expert on this industry. And quite frankly, only the market should tell if the idea sucks or not. The market, which is do people adopt it? Do people use it? Do Does this actually grow into a sustaining thing? Is only the, it's the only way to say an idea sucks. Yeah, exactly. Not. One person, that's, that's bullshit. Like one person has an opinion, but I don't care if you're a VC and you think this idea sucks. Like, see you later. You know, so, um, so I, I just, I, I do interact with a lot of founders that where I'm like, hmm, okay, I don't see it but they see it and hopefully it becomes a, a, a sustaining and successful thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. plenty of businesses fail and sometimes it doesn't work out, but there's a myriad of factors that relate to the success of your company, right? More so than just is the product or service in line. Um, you know, there's just a lot of details. Did you price it right? Does it look right? Does it sound right? Did you market it right? Uh, yeah. Is it scalable? Kind of all those details. And so uh, that's awesome. I want to shift subjects a little bit here on catching up. And I've been curious if you've been keeping up with this guy, uh, James Holshauer, uh, with Jeopardy, the guy who's just like crushing it on Jeopardy. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've, so here's, here's the extent. I'll, I'll just be honest. The reason why I'm a little bit on top of it is because I would, you know, I check ESPN probably every day. Dude, I'm, I go to ESPN.com every single day. And um, even ESPN will have a little bit in their like, you know, news of the day, just a little like links. And it'll be an update on the Jeopardy, this guy. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, like Jeopardy. Or, I mean, uh, ESPN is on top of how this dude is kicking ass. And um, no, I think, look, I, I don't I don't know a ton. I don't know. I know that he here's the thing. And I'm curious to your thoughts. But what I know is this. He is actually a, a gambler. He has approached the he's obviously smart but he's approached jeopardy in such a unique way of like it's all in and if you think about it like he's basically playing at the extremes and he's winning because he just accrues so much money 
versus like people that, you know, very conservatively, like I'll bet $800. And it's like, no, fucking bet everything. Yeah, <laughs> put it all out there. He's doing it. So, so um, I don't know your thoughts, but I think he's approaching it in in very aggressive way. And obviously it's working for him. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's absolutely incredible what he's doing. And so, so for those of you who haven't watched him play yet, uh, some of his tactics is he pretty much goes for all of the most expensive questions from the very beginning. Um, and it seems Jeopardy, there's a whole culture in how to click the clicker the right way, right? And timing it on mm-hmm. um, the host when he's reading it and when he's going to be done reading it and like how quickly you can click and, and time in. And the people he's competing against are like blown away because he just seems to have this like advantage to click a little bit faster on top of just knowing all of the answers. Um, and he seems to have like a sense he studied where uh, double jeopardies tend to be where he can double up his money. And he's just like, he's on a roll. So right now, yesterday he did his 21st day in a row and he's already at $1.6 million. And to put that in relation, <laughs> Ken Jennings is like the king of jeopardy. He was one of the most famous people or is the most famous jeopardy player of all time. He won 74 straight games and he won $2.5 million in that time. So James is already two thirds of the way to reaching the dollar record in a, in a a fifth, uh, let's say a quarter of the time, um, which is just absolutely insane. And it's, I've, I've tuned in to watch it a few times. I've never really been interested in tuning into Jeopardy, but just because this guy plays so differently is really exciting and so all the news that was coming out yesterday is he expressed interest in uh, – he's a diehard baseball fan, and he's been pretty much banned from most of the Las Vegas casinos for his uh, excessive winnings on betting on baseball because he looks at it in such an analytic way. <laughs> and so now, I mean, like, he's going to get picked up because why wouldn't any of these baseball teams – I mean, I really hope the Mariners go and pull him in because he's just a smart guy, and you might as well bring someone who knows – the sport that well he knows how to understand and manipulate data to to find competitive advantages um i'm, I'm curious like where that's gonna go and, and watch how much he wins because he's just destroying people in this game right like he's he's having days where he's in six figures and no one's above ten thousand dollars that he's playing against uh it's just absolutely well, crazy yeah dude it's crazy because i and i want to i want to take this apart a little bit because i think it's really interesting so if you think about it um, it's really a level of risk and, you know, he has a high level of risk. Um, I, I'm going to go with some assumptions here that he is doing fine. So he's obviously doing fine financially. Um, he approaches the world in a hell, uh, you know, it's a quite a bit more um, aggressive and risk oriented way. He's a gambler in general. Um, so, so not only that, his perspective is different than mo- I think most people that get on Jeopardy, they're intelligent. And then they like kind of start from the low level. I'll take, you know, such and such for 200. I'll take such and such for 400. Yeah. And it's like what, he, what he's figured out is, and, and the, I'm going to wrap this into like a startup principle, which is he is create, he, he instantly creates momentum and growth as quick as possible. And the more you can accrue quicker, not only is it uh, he like breaks away from his lead my, financially, but he then has more to, to gamble with to I'm using air quotes to gamble with and or like, um, 
you know, to wager with when he has the double, the jeopardies and double jeopardies and then the final. And it's a strategy that actually the only way to beat him is to use the same strategy. To use the same strategy, try to like, yeah. And I, and, I, and I actually think, you know, it sounds like someone tried it. Like he won by just $18 a couple, by a week ago or two. So, yep. and they they both got the um, final Jeopardy, right? And he won by $18. So that's cool. But like, I think like the only way he is going to lose is someone uses this strategy and wins and or he just has somewhat of a bad day and like, you know, use his strategy of like all in. He did, ends up at like zero or 5,000 and someone like he just, but you know, he's had days where he went, um, he had a hundred um, percent, you know, like he had a day that was, he was hundred percent accurate. He had most days he's only lost or like not gotten an answer right once or twice. Yep. Um, so I don't know, man, like, I don't know how long this goes, but one question to you, what's more impressive? Like, let's play this out for a second. James wins more money than what's the other guy's name? Ken Jennings. Uh, Jennings. Um, let's say that James wins more money in the end, but doesn't eclipse the 74 straight. Who do you give more respect to the straight or the winnings? Ooh, that's a great question. I, I think I'm going to stick with the straight just because, I mean, they both deserve credit, but yeah, 74 games, is insane because Ken Jennings, I'm not sure like what tactical advantage he had. Um, He definitely wasn't a viral sensation like this guy has been where like people are definitely noticing how different he is playing, but like 74 games. That's crazy. I don't even know how many games a year. Let me Google this really quick. Like, like he must've been, he must've owned the panel for an entire (laughs) year. Right. Um, well, and, and so Monday I'm, through Friday, yeah, Monday through Friday, it's probably about they probably have 250 games over the course of the year. That's still right, a quarter uh, of the year that he won, which is just yeah. absolutely insane. Uh, and so I'm gonna give Ken Jennings the little bit of the nod on that one, just because that's that's an impressive streak. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Ken too because, and I'll I'll. Um, I'll answer this in a sports oriented way, which is, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. Um, I think one of the best players in the history of uh, major league baseball, simply because he played every day and, you know, his stats were solid. It wasn't like, you know, like compare him to A-Rod and A-Rod, you know, one of the most highest paid ever in the history of, you know, their career, as well as like almost, you know, the most home runs. But in reality, who was like, who was the better player like from a consistency and like just having, having the respect of someone showing up every day and actually performing at a solid, like all-star level, that's Kyle Ripken. And so I think, you know, when you look at Ken, I mean, I think it's more impressive to have 74 straight wins than like, basically let's call it what it is. James has created, he's, he's, he's gaming the system in a legal way, but actually he's figured out a better way to play from a financial standpoint, which I, I'm a huge fan of, but can he, if he eclipses 74, now it's a different conversation. Yes. You know. So, well, just imagine how much uh, money if he gets to 74, how much money he's going <laughs> to win. That's going to be wild. So I have this stat here. Um, so they've actually aired over 7,000 episodes of Jeopardy. Each, uh, this last 34th season had 230 episodes. However, 
they shot all those episodes over a course of 46 days. So they taping five Whoa. tapings per day. So if that's still consistent, that means James is winning and, and uh, Ken Jennings is also winning five games a day is insane. Right? Like that Whoa, is I didn't, crazy. That and is... Alex Trebek does change his suit for every single episode. <laughs> I had no idea. That is first of all, that's respect for Trebek, but it's also respect for the um especially James. Like, dude, that means you're that's a full day and talk about how exhausting that would be, man. So exhausting. Ah. Yeah, that's just so intense. Wow. Um yeah, that's crazy. Forty six days of taping. That is absolutely wild. Um Perfect. So, uh, on another topic, because this is what's been popular in news, have you been following Game of Thrones? Oh, man. You know, so just because of the travel and everything in my life, like, I've not been watching. So, I'm not, like, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Watched up till this new season. I have not been watching for a few reasons, which I won't go into right now, but just, I mean, I'm you know, every week is so out of the sorts that I'm not like, oh, I got to watch like the next season or the next episode. Um, so, no, I'm not. But what's up? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but I can't wait for you to binge watch this whole thing because <laughs> it, it it's definitely been and, and I've said this about a few different shows that happen in culture, but uh, like it's such a cultural phenomenon. There's so few people that you interact with on a daily yeah. basis that haven't haven't been watching or don't watch the show in general but this last episode uh was titled the battle of winterfell and mm-hmm. um yeah i know you're talking about espn and sports center like scott van pelt on wednesday was like he, he like put out some spoilers and he was like i don't care if you haven't watched this episode it's wednesday like this is your fault for not <laughs> watching it yet like you can't get mad at me for spoilers uh but there are all these people who don't watch the show who actually sat and watched this last episode because it's an hour and a half of one fight scene, right? Like over the course of a night. And it was just like so intense. My fiance was like crying the whole episode. Um, and it was just wild. I had to bring it up for the show here for anyone out there listening uh, because it, it, it like the, there's very few things in the world that happen that take my mind off of work and or the sounders and game of Thrones has really like, put itself up there right now where i'm like oh like i'm really interested in watching all of the behind the scenes videos and like getting all this other information and reading up on uh what's happening it's it's just been wild to watch and and how many people are involved in it is is crazy dude i I can't wait to watch it um i mean the the honest truth is the reason why i'm not is you know that was a show that jackie and i were pretty into and you know that was like our thing and like I'm not at the point to dive into Game of Thrones right now, if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense, actually. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, that's like, that just shows that, like, you know, when you go through uh, something like I did and, you know, break up, like, there's certain things that you're just like, I'm not going there right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to go this way and I'm obviously, like, on this tour and it's fun and it's, like, it's it's an amazing new life. And that's one of the things where I'm like, mm. I'm going to wait, even though like, you're right. It's a cultural phenomenon. And by the way, like, you know, I'm, you can't get away from it. So I know what's going on. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to the point of like diving into the entire, I'll probably, 
I'll probably let the season go through and then maybe the summer, like jump through it, you know? Yeah. And, I, yeah. And, you have like a whole, a whole day. You're like, all right, I'm just going to binge watch eight hours of this thing <laughs> straight and watch it all. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I know mm-hmm. we're, we, uh, we're getting kind of into this episode. Did you have anything you wanted to touch on specifically this week? Well, I, you know, I, I wanted to point out, um, so just kind of the updates and what's next. I mean, um, so we've been traveling, uh, I've been traveling through the, the South and or the, the, basically the West in the Southwest of this, the United States. And, uh, the last couple of months we've been in the bus, which has really been, dude, this has just been life-changing. Uh, but I head to Denver tomorrow. Uh, Raleigh drops me off and then he heads back home. He's got some job stuff and, you know, it's kind of time for him to get back to his life as well. So um, tomorrow is the last day with, with the bus and I kind of get back to what I was doing before, which is more um, flights between the cities. But I'm telling you, man, like seeing, like just driving, like, dude, we, yesterday we went to, we were at the great sand dunes in Colorado. I don't know if you ever seen No, those, I haven't. But there are, there are massive sand dunes in the middle of Colorado that are surrounded by like snow capped mountains. And it's a freaking sand dune. It looks like, like we climbed it the other yesterday or the other day. And it was, you feel like you're like, when you're on it, you're like, dude, am I in the Sahara? Yeah. And, wow. You know, this is in Colorado. So I never would have seen that. And it's, it, you'll, you'll see some pictures coming out soon, but um, so it's been amazing. And so now it's like, you know, it's kind of bittersweet because uh, I move on. And Raleigh heads back home, and so now it's the next phase of this journey. But um, yeah, it's traveling around the country in a tour bus is well worth it. I would encourage anyone to get a ch- if you get a chance, figure it out and drive some miles. I've, I've traveled ninety nine thousand six hundred miles since January first. Whoa, that's a lot! Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. So. Yep, it's been great. That's, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, well, congratulations. I mean, it's it's just wild to to record the show and kind of see how everything transitions from when you decided to do it uh, when we met last in December. Uh, it's it's been a cool journey. I can't believe we're already in the beginning of May. I know, I know, man. It's crazy, but I'm I'm ready for summer and you know ready to ready for shorts and shirts and um, you know just you know, having some warm weather. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, Nick, we'll uh, enjoy the upcoming weekend. Have a great time in Colorado this week. I'm looking forward to our conversation next week. And uh, what do you got to some parting words for our audience here? Hey, um, I guess, you know, look up founders live. If you haven't, uh, we have some events happening. Our, our Denver event is this next Thursday on the ninth. And um, there's a number of events this, this month. So look up your city and, if not, if you don't have Founders Live in your city, reach out to me. So um, would love to start one up. And um, after that, like, have a good weekend. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Nick. Have a great weekend. And All I'll right. talk to you next week. Peace.